Hello and welcome back to the podcast, Reefer the Reefer. I am your host, Little Farmer. I'm here with Chris Bratton of Warrior Farms. Chris is a veteran and he has moved down from Wyoming just to Colorado just to grow cannabis. Can you tell us why there, Chris? Well, uh, when I when I came down here, it was kind of a push and shove to, to kicking and screaming, kind of, so to say. Uh, so I, I grew up in the military and military family and police and you know my dad was a police officer and i had much of my family was on the 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 right side of the law so to say and um so i uh, myself was also in the military and got injured and after i got out of the military i was going to the va trying to figure out you know what 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 i can do and ended up you know hurting my back while i was in the military and they just kind of sloughed me off and um eventually got surgery when I, years afterwards, when I finally convinced them that it was really, you know, something wrong with me, uh, I got my surgery and, um, they just continued to give me all kinds of pain medications and sleep medications and, you know, and all kinds of other medications that it's just, it was a pharmacy, um, you know, waiting to happen, just handing out meds. And, uh, um, I ended up, I, I went back to school after that surgery. I got an associate's degree in, uh, auto and diesel technology and um, a business degree or an associate's degree in business uh, administrative management and I can't even hardly remember any of this because I was on so many drugs that the VA was giving me so I started doing my own research and found that cannabis could take uh, take place of many of the medications that they were giving me and would alleviate uh, you know 90% of them uh, and that's basically what I've done so far is I've weaned myself off of all the medications that I've been on for, for years. Um, and the only thing I really do is every now and then I might take um, an Advil. I do have migraine headaches, um, so I do uh, smoke a lot for that. But if I can't seem to get rid of it with, uh, with cannabis, I do have uh, another medication that I'll take for that. But those are really the only medications I take. So that's very rare that I take them. And, um, you know, it, it's... It just ended up being that I was uh, working at uh, working as a truck driver, delivering fuel, and um, I couldn't use cannabis at the time because federal law with a uh, commercial driver's license and hauling hazmat uh, in Wyoming, there's no way that I could use any cannabis. But uh, I did try uh, start to use uh, start using CBD. And um, started to try and wean myself off of all the pharmaceuticals and everything because they were fine with me driving while I was taking um, oxycodones and stuff like that for my pain. But, you know, I couldn't smoke a joint or anything like that. And so, uh, you know, I I just I started doing all this research and and figuring it out and and starting to wean myself off because I saw what what, I I could see the age um, that all the drugs had been doing to me. And, um, you know, I just started weaning myself off. I ended up getting hurt while I was at work and they gave me a, a urinalysis and I tested positive for THC uh, because I was taking CBD products. And I thought, you know, maybe I was safe with taking CBD, but I, I found out the hard way that I wasn't. And the company that I was working for was a no tolerance company. So as soon as I tested positive, they said, well, you, you're, you're fired. Um, no offense or buts, I can't, you know, rebuttal anything on that. So 
at that time, um, I had picked up all of my stuff and moved on here because I had started doing all this research, trying to figure out, you know, weaning myself off of all the medications and everything. And I guess or, or what, how I see it is that that was just the universe giving me that push of you've done all this research and, and you know, you're, you're doing you're doing the right thing. This is the direction that you need to be going. So I had found out about Area 420 several months before I got fired. And so I had come down here and I actually checked out the place and it was nothing but a dirt patch when I came out here. Uh, nobody had built anything. There were no roads. There was no power. There was no water lines. And uh, this was, you know, December of 2018 when I was, uh, uh, November, December of 2018 when I started coming out here and attending the town hall meetings. And I got fired, I think, um, October... November, right around that time frame. And uh, so, you know, I, I was coming down here, and while I was coming out here, I was getting loans to, uh, business loans to come out here and actually start my business. And, you know, came down here, you know, several months later, I think I uh, moved down here with my camper in March and started building in April. And so far, you know, that was in March of 2019, and I've been here ever since. So, yeah, that's a common, common theme I've heard. But when you were consuming the CBD for your pills, did it actually lower your consumption of pharmaceuticals just with the CBD you were consuming? Um, I, I still, okay, so, so the way I did it was um, I, I, I kept taking all of my, you know, medications I was being given because some of them you can't just get, you can't just stop taking them. You have to wean yourself off because... I mean, they, they'll mess with your body even worse. So I just started to take the CBD um, along with all the other medications I was doing, and I could I could feel a difference. So I was feeling better. I wasn't feeling as groggy. I could you know actually remember the the previous day. They're helping you recover. <clears throat> I hear it helps with uh, alcohol because uh, I used to drink a lot. The hangovers it does help with your brain recovering from hangovers. So I can imagine it helps with pharmaceutical drowsiness too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and uh, you know also because of the uh, I ended up having surgery on my back when I was uh, in the military, or after I got out of the military, and so that was you know I still deal with a lot of that pain, and um, you know it's sitting in a in a semi truck. I, I not only uh, was was very immobile, um, I sat I sat all day long, and I couldn't even like get up and really walk around very often, and then I was you know gaining weight, and um, you know that pain in my back every time I got out it, it just started getting worse and worse so when i started taking the cbd um obviously you know I, like i said i started to feel better and better so i think it was it was helping more with just my all-around general well-being um maybe helping those drugs pass the pharmaceuticals pass through my system either be absorbed or expelled better and um you know because we have an uh, a cannabinoid system an endocannabinoid system in our, in our bodies so um, you know, this is just something that, you know, I, I noticed and, and it, as it continued and I came down here, I started consuming much more, um, much more THC that is right. Much more THC, much more CBD. And, um, you know, I, I tried a lot of stuff. I've, I've, you know, done concentrates and I've done wax shatter and, and, um, you know, I've tried all kinds of different machines and, you know, there, there's, there's so much that, you know, I, I, I can't even fathom like, how much is this has advanced in just the time that I've 
really been looking into it. I mean, the technology and, and the amount of information that we're getting, it's just, you know, phenomenal. Yeah. That's what I want to try to get out with this podcast, try to teach people across the country where it's, where it's still illegal for when it becomes legal or if they're interested, they can gradually progress into consuming in a manner that's best for them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, since you're new to it, it's, it's something you're still learning yourself, right? Right. Uh, you've said, you've uh, started consuming edibles. What about your edible intake and with your THC? Uh, I personally have about a 50 to hundred milligram ratio, which is quite high. I'd never recommend that for a new person beginning. I always recommend maybe five milligrams, maybe in 2.5 if they're highly sensitive, but there are some people that don't feel edibles at all. So they, they can eat as much as they want and won't feel yeah. the effects at all. Um, and yeah, I would say if, if it's, if it's your first time, um, I, I have, uh, I would say that you need to one, like you said, take a very small portion. Um, doesn't matter if you have a 10 milligram pack or, or, or if they're individuals or whatever, like just take a small portion of that and you need to wait at least an hour before you take any more because you need to see how that's going to affect you at a low, low dose dosage so that you can figure out how it's going to affect you. Um, and safely so that you don't have, because what, what happens with me is, um, I notice that because I, I consume every day now. Um, and when I go home, uh, back in Wyoming, it's still illegal. So I don't smoke when I go home or I don't consume when I go home. Um, so I, uh, I go up and visit family and, you know, I go up there for three or four days and I come back down and I notice that like, I get the, the first joint I have after that three or four day break. Um, I really get parent, doesn't matter what it is, but I get really paranoid. I get the, that, that paranoia. And so, um, you know, I know that that comes and I know that that happens to me every time. So I, I, I know that now and I prepare myself, uh, for instance, you know, um, I don't drive. I I won't smoke if I'm going to drive because I know I'll get that paranoia and I don't want to, you know, I won't drive with that. And, um, so I'll wait until I get home. And then, uh, I'll also, if I'm, you know, if it's late in the evening, make sure I have something to eat. And then I'll probably put on something just a little bit distracting TV show or something like that and sit down in my chair and then smoke, uh, smoke a joint or do whatever I'm going to do, have a, a, an edible or or whatever I'm going to do. And then, um, you know, I'll, I'll just relax for that evening, you know, at least for a couple hours. So yeah, you were you were told me something unique about your edibles. You eat a THCO, which I've never really heard of. But you said it's hemp derived, which uh, I haven't really messed with. Uh, could you tell us more about that one? Uh, I'm 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 still learning a lot about it myself. Um, I'm actually my farm is uh, I'm and myself. We're pairing up with. Uh, he he can't be here. He, he had to take off. But uh, his his name is Reed, and uh, he's doing. He's actually been working on this uh, for probably the last decade. And uh, he has perfected his his uh, his gummy uh, his gummy batches, and they're very consistent. And uh, he's 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 got it on the mark. So he's he's done all this uh, with CBD, and he's got you know a lot of people that are really enjoying his product. And I've tried them, and he's he's you know spot on, like I said. And so he wants to get into the legal. THC cannabis side of the, the market because right now he's just restricted to, to a little bit of hemp. So that's where, you know, I'm, I'm going to come in and says, we're going to partner up with him and we're going to build out a, a commercial kitchen at my farm and we're going to run that commercial kitchen to do gummies. Yeah. The, um, the gummies are a hot, hot, um, item, especially for tourists. Uh, people come into town when I was a bud tender, 
gummies were the first thing they asked for. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're easy to consume. They taste good. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I recommend, like you said, just go easy on them. Right. Maybe buy a pack of gummies and then go buy another pack of gummies without THC. So you can eat one of your gummies that's medicated and then eat a couple of other ones that aren't. Right. Instead of, oh, you just kind of might forget that you took the first one because sometimes you don't feel it for 45 minutes. and be like, oh, that was nothing. You take another one and right. then you go eating some food. And then yep. when you eat your food, it hits you. Yeah, uh, yeah. That food just digests it, takes you through your stomach, and hits your liver. Mm-hmm. So it could take up to four hours sometimes if yep. if you're not careful and you're not aware <clears throat> on an empty stomach, you don't really feel it too much. And when you eat that food, it carries it through, mm-hmm. and boom, it hits. And if you doubled up on that dose, you're not ready for it. Yep. It can give you some paranoia. And one of the examples I like to tell, I told it before, is my friend, she was around her parents. And she had eaten consume or consumed edibles before and had no no issue, you know. She had a good time, some really strong homemade ones. But then she got around her parents and she got that first timer. They know I'm high. Mm-hmm. Yep. They know. They know. What are they gonna think? Mm-hmm. And it's somebody she highly respects as her parents, you know. So it just made her feel super paranoid that they were gonna know and think less of her. And then her heart started racing and she had a really bad reaction mm-hmm. of she got pale. Oh, I think her blood pressure went down, but her little wristwatch kept on her. Her heart rate was super elevated. Uh, tried to let, let, have her smell some black pepper. Told her to jump in the cold shower. Mm-hmm. And eventually, cold shower, I think, helped her out a little bit. Kind of woke her up. Maybe even like a, a coffee or something can help snap you out of it. Yeah, kind of, if, if you can Depending on the person. Kinda, yeah. And yeah, cold showers might work for some. Maybe you know, coffee works for others, or, or you know, whatever it could be. But there, there, you'll, you'll have to like just experiment with with a lot of different things that you can you can you can do, and and that you you can find a coping mechanism for yourself. Yeah, exactly. I, we're going to take a little break here and go to a commercial, and we'll be right back here with Chris and Little Farmer. Thank you. And welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Chris Bratton from Warrior Farms, and we were talking about how he started using cannabis, and sometimes he'll he'll go back home and have to take a break, and I do the same thing, and we'll have to take a break from the cannabis for a couple of days, and whenever I do that, I have trouble sleeping. That seems to be my biggest withdrawal. I just might get a little antsy, too. I feel like I drank too much coffee in the morning, and I'll start pacing, but... uh. How about yourself? When you stop consuming cannabis for a few days, what are your withdrawal symptoms? Do you do you have bad withdrawal symptoms from it? Um, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I I deteriorate quickly. Let me put it that way. Um, the longer I go without, and I I can start to feel like my aches and pains coming back. Um, I don't you know wake up as as quickly in the morning, and um, I don't sleep as as deeply as night. Um, and I also noticed that um, I'm, I'm a little more aggravated, probably because I'm hurting more. <laughs> yeah, I'm so the same way. I think those are my major drawbacks. Like, um, just just in general, like um, just not feeling good, and it feels just like uh, I'm I'm slowly deteriorating the longer I, I go. Yeah, my thing, my my limit's about a week, and I uh, I get too bad. Uh, I, I used to drink a lot. That would be my pain management before I could get legal cannabis on a regular basis because when it's illegal, it's not available all the time. Alcohol is. 
it's very easy be consumed in alcohol culture when you're in a place where it's illegal. I went to number one party school in the nation where people drank every day. Yep. Uh, cannabis wasn't inaccessible every day, but you learn to drink every day. It does help with the pains, but it's it's something that comes with worse worse withdrawals in my mind. I would hang over, uh, uh, blackouts, drink yeah. it too much. It's harder to control. Uh, yeah, and it can get extremely expensive and very like it, it can be very dangerous. I mean, you get to the point where um, yeah, you you're you're literally poisoning yourself because alcohol is a poison. Yeah. So after a week, I, I tend to want to get something else, and that's first thing I'll reach to before any pharmaceutical. But you told me you'd been able to completely wipe pharmaceuticals off your menu with cannabis. Yes. Um, it it like a. a like we were, we were talking about a little bit earlier is, is uh, I didn't just drop it out overnight. It uh, took possible. It, it took years and it took a long, long time. And um, but like I said, it this started back in 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 uh, the early 2018 is when I started taking uh, CBD and and learning. You know, I've done all my research and and, and started and figured that I'd start doing it myself. Um, and then by the time that I was out here. Um, it wasn't, but about, I, I think it was, a, it was about a year. I finally weaned myself off of basically everything. I took a few extra, you know, refills, uh, from the VA and I told them my intentions and I walked out the door and I said, I'll, I'll be back if I need it. So yeah, that's something we talked about too. Cause I have a couple of friends back home in the Virginia area, West Virginia area who are veterans and they had seeked out pain medication from their doctors, uh, hydrocortisone shots monthly. Uh, I'm not sure what all pain pills they were on, but there was too many of them and they all have bad side effects and they all complained about it. Some of them were zombies half the time. Uh, as soon as they told their doctor they wanted cannabis or they prefer cannabis, they got dropped. Yep. Doctor said, I'm sorry, we can no longer see you. You don't have to find another pain medicine doctor to uh, tend to you. Did that ever happen to you in Wyoming? Uh, thankfully not. Um, no, when, when I had told them my intentions and, and, and what I was doing, they, I guess there had been enough change cause right, there was right around, you know, um, when the 20, uh, the, what was a 2018 farm bill, uh, was coming around. And so CBD products were being allowed. And so the cannabis wasn't too much further of a stretch. So what, what happened with me when I told them that is they said, okay, um, we don't test for that. We don't test for any illicit drugs or anything like that. And it is your choice. But we cannot give you a prescription and we cannot give you any medical advice concerning cannabis. Did anybody, is it different here in Colorado for veterans? Do you know? Have you ever heard anything? I, I'm i not sure. I am uh, I would not know. I haven't been to the VA in Just a while. The last, time I called, the last time I called the VA for help and I had a dog bite and I needed stitches, they said, oh, just drive yourself two and a half hours away to Gunnison. With a dog bite, bleeding, horribly bad. I was like, no, I'll, I'll super glue it myself. And I said, no, I'm not going to do it. But of course, that's 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 the drawback to living out here in this in this area. If you want medical attention, it's usually pretty far away. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem living in rural areas for anywhere in the world, I believe. Yeah. But uh, earlier we were talking about some of the strains that you prefer. You said in different times of the day you prefer different strains for different reasons, and uh, that's one thing I want to 
get out there too to educate people. Hey, they, there's certain times a day that you don't want to smoke a heavy, um, what people are known as indicas, broadleaf plants, but now they're they're coming out. We're describing everything with terpenes is the way people are trying to explain their cannabis plants. But there are certain terpenes like myrcene that are heavy and put you down in the couch with couch lock sedating. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to smoke those first thing in the morning. No, no, you're trying to wake up. No, and you told me you don't even drink coffee. You don't, you, but you do have a certain strain or something that you do like for breakfast that gets you, get you going in the day, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, orange cream circle. And, and, uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's just like, um, for me, yeah, a cup of coffee in the morning. Um, if I have that, you know, five, 10 minutes after I'm done smoking, I'm ready to take on the day. And it's, it's empowering, you know, it's, it's not, it's not your traditional, oh, you smoke and, and you lose the energy, you lose the will to do work. Like it's it's the more I smoke, the more work I want to get done. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't work all day, obviously, but it does keep me mentally focused on what's ahead and, and moving forward in my day. Uh, but then there's others that will give me that couch lock and will either just put me in, in uh, I'm hungry mode and just, you know, munch mode, and I'll go and eat and... <laughs> half of the fridge in the night yeah i uh, i got a, a sativa strain i like a lot during the middle of the day when i get that midday i need to take a nap type mm-hmm. feeling i could smoke some of that and it does energize me and i just feel like i can get something else done and i, I push through it mm-hmm. but other times when i feel like i want to take that nap there is some heavier indica leaning strains i like uh i like some heavy cushions mm-hmm. they put me down what was your indica strain that you like uh, I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was an indica strain. I'd have to look at the lineage, but it was grape lean was the one that did it, did it for me. <clears throat> so grapes got some purple in it, the grape yeah. lean, I believe. And everybody out here knows the purple smell. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can smell the purple in that. Yep. There's purples in that. And they're usually sedating. they nice and relaxing for my muscles. I get muscle aches mm-hmm. and, uh, that helps relax the muscles and to calmly sit in the couch and get through a movie. I have trouble sitting through a movie. I have so many aches and pains. I have to Mm -hmm. constantly move to keep from getting stiff. And those are definitely something, especially with edibles. Mm -hmm. Um, The edibles, do you prefer the distillate you said? Or Um, do you go for the full, uh, full spectrum edibles? Personally, I like full spectrum edibles, but you got to have a, a good plant. Right. That's not tainted sometimes, like uh, the not prettiest plants uh, maybe have some bugs or something on it, and they'll extract it to a distillate uh, right. to get these good extract full spectrums. You hardly have to have a clean product, make sure it's not sprayed with anything, never had any issues with bugs. Right. And uh, it's harder to produce, but in my mind, it's always a better head-to-toe feeling than distillates. Okay. Have you got a chance to try any differences in these in your edibles? Uh, no, but that is definitely something that we are looking, you know, to to expand into if the market demands. Um, right now, you know, a lot of stuff is homogenized, so you know, you 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 buy your your distillate or whatever, and it's just uh, like it's it's people's trim is what they usually take that from, and so yeah. they have everybody's trim, and it's just all one big batch that that gets made into a distillate. Because you're, you're t- only, when you distillate it or isolate, you're only taking out and, and keeping one thing. You know, you're separating out each individual thing. So homogenizes from all the different strains and, and whatever kind of like mixed together, like milk. Yeah. Um, so what we would, you know, that's that's everywhere right now. 
Well, that's um, what you're going to get on medical market just because of medical uh, tendencies and the medical. You'll find more of that because in the pharmaceutical world, pharmaceutical world, they like one active ingredient, and that's going to be your THC right. or your CBD. Right. And if you have the full spectrum, oh man, there's so many parts of the cannabis plants that are actually working together that right. have so many variables that it's hard to keep track of. Right. Yeah. It's 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 hard to get the you can't get the full benefit of the of the of the plant unless it's at least full spectrum. Um, I agree with you. Um, but they, you know, we do. Uh, that's why uh, we're, we're going to continue uh, with with the gummies. Reed does a lot of the uh, of the CBDs and all that. So, so um, you know, we're we're really into just seeing what the market can do because right now he's doing very well. So, uh, um, are, you, are you planning on mixing the CBDs with the one to ones and THC? Yes. Those are, for mm-hmm. me, pain management. Yes, one to ones are the best. Like a one-to-one ratio of five milligrams THC and five milligrams of CBD together in one and one bite, it is the best pain management in my mind. And I've only had chances to try those with distillates because of that, they the way they mix them up. Right, and so yeah, that's uh, that that's the goal, and that's why he wants to get into the legal market, and that's why we're you know we we want to make uh, uh, the best product that we can because. Uh, the reason that one of the reasons why I came out here is, is because uh, I learned, you know, of, of all the propaganda that I was told as a child, but, uh, uh, that this is, this is medicine. And, um, um, Oh, actually I wanted to ask you, where did you research on your internet? Did you have a specific place you can recommend for other people to, to, to research some of the information that you found, or did you find your information a uh, word of mouth? Um, a little bit of both. I did a lot of, there, there's, there wasn't a whole lot of information that you could just go and get at like Barnes and Noble. Um, so I, I, I can't uh, say exactly what what documents you can go to, but you can go to uh, look online for university uh, studies uh, and that include and in, and in, about hemp or cannabis because they do have research. Um, and they yeah, do went through yeah. hemp first instead of THC, yep. right? So mm-hmm. there's a lot more information about hemp because of the the legalities of research, right. and it's becoming easier to research THC and put information out there. But I remember searching internet, and all the information you got was sketchy. You didn't know if it was true, right. uh, where it was coming and, from. And that's why I say go to go to a university that that's doing uh, and that's growing and and documenting cannabis or hemp, because they will actually they they, they, they can't lie. As a Washington State, Oregon, and California, those are some of the leading states in those universities, correct? Right, and and they're doing all these studies to find all this, you know, how how they grow and, and what's the different, you know, subjects on, on, you know, how how they how they affect, you know, they have study groups and stuff like that. And I believe Michigan, Michigan's a huge agricultural place, and a lot of information comes out of University of Michigan, yep. Michigan so, State. I'm not sure which one, but I think it's Michigan State. Um, yeah, I got it. When I found some good information, I think it was coming from a, a guy who worked with them, went to Netherlands, learned a lot about plants and natural defenses without using pesticides and herbicides. Right. Yeah, and that's the stuff that they're studying in all these schools, and it, and it still it, it pertains to cannabis, too. Yeah, I mean, there's actually more research done through, that, through cannabis than it did through our food uh, mm-hmm. network and the food actually goes on to our shelves. They're testing cannabis a lot more here on the shelves. And when you were 
first getting into cannabis, did you, did you have any problems finding bad cannabis? <clears throat> like, I remember we just had, when I started, it was many years ago, we had swagweed, brickweed. It was just not consumable sometimes. And I recommend if that's all you have to smoke sometimes, you might not want to smoke it. Just wait until you find something better. Right. Um, every now and then, I, I might find something that had a little bit of mold or something like that. Um, but that w it wasn't very often. And, and usually, it, it was in waves. Like, it would come and, and it would be uh, a, a batch. Like, it would be just like a couple pounds. Um, and once, you know, those couple pounds got through, you know, didn't see it again for a while. So, uh, there there are, you know, some some strains that are very difficult to, to keep the bud rot or, or keep mold off of. Mm -hmm. um, and especially depending on your climate because it's very dry out here. So, um, you know, you're trying to, you know, keep your moistures and humidity and everything proper. It, it's just, you know, it, it, it's a it's a losing battle out here. <laughs> what What is the uh, grow method on your farm? Do you um, go indoors? Do you go full outdoor, greenhouse? We do green, well, yeah, we do greenhouse. And um, what, what we're probably going to change it up uh, next year and um, I, I've been trying to do all kinds of, of greenhouse and, and I'm just uh, I, with the with the edibles um, with the gummies that we're doing um, I want to focus more on that especially over the winter time because uh, it's it, it's very costly to run the greenhouse over the winter time and I don't want to do it's, it's also very costly to run an indoor over the winter time I mean either way it, 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 it's, it's costly to run an indoor so um, with the with the gummies, my you know moving forward, we're we're gonna do that for you know twenty four seven or not maybe not twenty four seven but all year round, uh, and then I'm gonna probably use those greenhouses next year to get early starts so I can do a whole bunch of outdoor and um, you know potentially what what I'd like to do is you know send send off all the you know put put a a, a little bit of money into into the plants for our outdoors but focus on selling that to uh um you know someone that'll that'll take it and make it distillate isolate or whatever you know whatever else they can do um or you know whatever else it can it can be done for because right now like the, the market is just it's really bad um the price per pound's down price, right price per pound is, is down way way low and so that that's uh, you know moving forward it's very difficult to you know you can try and ride that wave and and a lot of people are but it's very difficult to you know make anything with with uh you know, when you're using nutrients or, or you're trying to do, you know, greenhouse or you're trying to do an indoor, like, like those, that every dollar count or um, every dollar counts. And it's, you know, you're not barely making enough to, to keep your head above water. And then it's like, you know, I got to change something up and I got to figure out a different way. Yeah, it's constantly evolving. The market will fluctuate a lot. I've seen that within the last four or five years since I've been here. The prices shot up, going down, shot up, going down. And mm -hmm. it's very, very like topsy-turvy like a roller coaster yeah and uh, a lot of people will grow for the extract i want to hit on that too when you're growing in your field do you grow the strains that you like to consume yourself or do you have to grow other strains that actually grow better in this environment that you would you have it, to because of the it's a economic little, factors it's a little bit of both um it's one is what's available <clears throat> Um, I'm not a breeder, and and so I, I I don't know how to you know get different strains and 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 how to how to do all that kind of stuff. But uh, what, what I can say is that you know I've I've grown a bunch of different strains out here, and there are some that I would rather do 
than others just because they they grow out here easier and they're more, they're easier to manage and maintain um but then there's others that you know i really like certain strains and and they're finicky and you know but i really like the taste of them and and, and i like the end product but that's also you know one of those that I, it's finicky and sometimes bugs uh, like to get on them or uh, every now and then you get some powdery mildew being in you know a greenhouse it's it's difficult well i, I have a hoop house so I, i'm i'm not a, an actual a-frame structure or anything like that so it's it's pretty difficult to seal that that kind of an environment up and and keep it as best as you as you can yeah i've got the same uh, feedback from a lot of other growers that they have to grow what grows in their environment on a mass scale that's easier to take care of and they're not having to tend to every single plant every single day and as a home grower I am a caregiver, I grow for myself. I have that chance to grow little finicker, finicky plants that I can tend to a little bit more and keep that because that's going to be my medicine. But if I don't do that myself, I might not find that strain or that, that cannabis anywhere else in the world available on the shelf. Right. So that's one reason I want to keep the caregivership going. I like to support these little guys. I love what's happening here at Area 420. Uh, but as a home grower and a breeder, that's what... I, how I separate the ability to keep these certain strains alive and to keep, um, especially if they have medicinal purposes. Right. They might not be the prettiest plant. They might not have that bag appeal. And that's what a lot of people grow for is the bag appeal because, or the high numbers, because that's what's going to sell on the shelves. And I want to educate consumers say, hey, the highest testing stuff's not going to be the best stuff for you all the time. Right. The prettiest bud is not going to be the best bud every time. Sometimes it's not going to look good, but it's going to knock your socks off. Right. And sometimes that's, personally, that's what I like. The, the flavor, it doesn't matter really what it looks like sometimes. It can look like garbage. Yep. <clears throat> but the effects, <clears throat> and it might not have a 30% THC level or a, even a 20% TH level. They right. might have... A little bit of CBD, a little bit of CBN, a little bit of CBG mixed in there. Some other cannabinoid, not just high THC. Right. And, and you know, I, I, at least in Colorado, I feel like you're right. It, it's very THC-oriented. People go into the, the dispensary, they don't really care what the CBD content is or, or whatever. They're just looking for the THC. What's the highest THC? And... I mean, I, I'm not going to knock you or whatever. Like, that's how you choose to smoke your weed, then by all means. Oh, and that's what they were taught. They just don't know. Right. But the way that I prefer, and yeah, sometimes I'll go for the higher THC content or, or whatever, but back like when COVID, when, when COVID was, uh, um, unless I knew the strain, um, but back when COVID was, was really prominent, um, you know, and you couldn't, you know, they wouldn't open up anything. They wouldn't touch anything, you know, unless you were buying because, you know, don't touch anything six feet away and all that. So, um, you know, it was it was based on just what you could generally see and, and, and guess because of the sticker label. So and that sucked. Um, but it doesn't, you know, if, if I get the chance and they can, uh, I can open up the case because you can do that now and or they can at least, you know, put gloves on and open it up and show you and let you uh, let you get a, a smell of it at least. I go off of the smell and usually how it looks if it's frosty and like you said, it doesn't have to be the best looking bud, but uh, if it's frosty and it has a decent structure and it's not really larfy, 
then I mean, because I don't. I mean, it, it it could be larfy too. I mean, it, it, it really doesn't. I mean, matter. certain strains like some sativas that just do that, and you can't really right. Bulk it. Yeah, they just it's in the genetics. <laughs> yep, there's something they'll be really on point though. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it's it's like eating with your eyes sometimes. People. Mm-hmm. And I have to educate some people about that. Hey, well, you people will come in and be like, I want the highest THC, but uh, you know, I don't want to smoke anything that's going to make me paranoid. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's a catch white too. THC right. is something it makes you have a tendency or a possibility to be paranoid, especially with higher THC. And then it's, it's just like, I want to recommend if you don't want to get paranoid, try something with a 10 to 15% THC level first. Yeah. And then see how it feels and then come back. See, and, and so like right now, um, I, I have a little bit of flour left over that uh, I'm still, you know, waiting to move out. And so uh, I have ice cream cake, which is testing at 22, uh, mine tested at 22%. And then I have um, lemon OG haze. And that one was testing out at 17%. So, you know, both of them are nice. But like, like you said too, like um, the THC is not everything. Uh, but that's also how dispensaries buy too. <laughs> it, it's it's marketing. It's what people think it's going to bake them. But uh, the common uh, analogy is alcohol. You're not going to drink pure grain alcohol all the time. Right. So why would you want to hit the highest TAC all the time? Sometimes you want a beer, a little less calming. Right. Sometimes you want a wine. There's a time for everything. Right. So sometimes I like some high THC. I'll throw some high THC in my in my herb and mix it up. Uh, but normally, twenty percent is by my max. I I go by the smell. I'm the same as you. I like stinky, putrid, uh-huh. gassy, stinky skunk uh-huh. smells. That just makes me feel better. And a lot of people, I think their nose actually attracts them to the the cannabis that is suited for them. Yeah. And that's the way I used to sell sell it. But that's the terpene profile. A lot of people don't know how to read these terpene profiles. And that's the way a lot of cannabis uh, descriptions are going to. Cultivars or chemovars are going to be the terms that come up. And the the terpene profiles are going to set them apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, myrcene, sleepy, limonene is citrusy, wakes you up. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of them in between. Mm-hmm. Do you know which one you like best for your pain? Like, uh, personally, uh, caryophylline. I don't know if you've um, heard of that one. It's uh, it's kind of a, like a narcotic effect. It's one that it is actually like a terpene and a cannabinoid mix. It's some kind of weirdness. And whenever like, they train dogs to sniff out weed, the caryophylline is the one that they, they're trained to smell out from what I've heard. I'm not 100% on this. Huh. But uh, it is high in gelato, gelato cake, ice cream cake, maybe. Okay. Um, ice cream cake, gelato cake are similar parental lineage, but they have a different terpene profile. One's a little more pungent than the other. Right. But the uh, caryophylline and humulene have some kind of synergistic effect, which help with uh, the pain management in my mind. So when I find some edibles... And they have a terpene profile high in caryophylline. That's the one I'll pick out first. Okay. So that definitely, these terpenes make a difference in the feelings for these different things that you're looking for. Focus, like you said, like you got focused when you smoked uh, the certain strain. Right. 
uh, there's painting was supposed to be uh, a happy strain. It's like a antidepressant. You go out walking in the woods, you smell the pine trees. It's right. supposed to be an antidepressant. So high pine in your herb can make you cough a lot, but it's supposed to be an antidepressant. Right. So the caryophylline, if you do see this in, uh, in some edibles, that is specifically, from what I understand, a, a pain management one to to focus on in the future. Okay. To see if it helps you. All right. Yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, I mean, we, you know, our, our whole goal is to, uh, you know, m to make the best product possible and, and, and as, as, as measured as possible because I see this as, as, you know, as a medicine. And, you know, the more that we can, you know, uh, the more that we can expand and the more, the more options that we can offer, the better. Because everybody's a little bit different. Yeah, that's what I want to get out there. I mean, it affects everybody differently. So, uh, to you, one strain affects you. To me, it might make me make me anxious. You know, right. everybody's a little bit different. So, if we get these names out there, uh, people can try new things, have a positive effect on them. And like you said, you got some of your knowledge word of mouth. I want to let people out there know: don't be afraid to talk about this with your parents. Don't yeah. be afraid to talk about it with people you go to church with. Don't be afraid to talk about it because a lot of people I admit, especially from Florida, they came in and want some pain management, pain management, and say so want some sleep. Uh, they didn't want to get high. They just tried some CBD with a little THC. It helped them sleep through the night, and uh, they came back and wanted more. And they went home to Florida and they got in their little retirement community and they started speaking to everyone else. Uh -huh. And the next one would come. Oh, I spoke to my my buddy and he told me this really helps. I want to try some of this. When they come for lotions, the lotions are really good, too. If you uh, have localized pain in the mm -hmm. back or something, a lotion. Have you ever tried any lotions? Yes, I have. I've uh, very fortunate to have, be able to try a bunch of them working at the dispensary through samples. And uh, there's some that work much better, uh, especially the alcohol-based ones, I believe. They work more as a transdermal. Okay. And they will get in through the skin and become systemic. But if you put it on your vein here where you can take your pulse it'll get through your system okay uh you don't even have to decarb it so you could just take your fresh weed and soak it in rubbing it or uh, i do pure grain alcohol okay soak it in pure grain alcohol strain it out and then that alcohol you could put it on but it dries out fast right so you mix it with some aloe or some kind of gel-based cream from the store okay yeah you just mix it in that and then you got your own homemade lotion and yeah. the transdermal, it really does help. I've heard a lot of good feedback from uh, surgery, uh, from shoulders, knees, ski boarders, skiers. Okay. At the ski resort, uh, dislocated shoulder. I, I want something to put on there, a little CBD, because they don't want to get high, but they don't want to go to narcotics for their pain management. Right. So that was probably like the third most common theme that I got from people wanting to use cannabis but not get high from it. Right. And uh, I recommend some of that. You can make it at home real easy. Mm -hmm. I just learned about this from another podcast. So I'm going to spread it around the knowledge to everybody I know. That make your own. Yep. And you don't have to decarb it. It won't get you high. So, I did uh, not realize that. That's very awesome. Warrior Farms is a small business locally owned. Yes, sir. Colorado. Um, where could somebody find some of your cannabis on the shelves for purchase? Um, right now, um, main majority of it is just here in the Valley, in San Luis Valley. 
uh, local farms or uh, not farms, local shops. Um, I haven't gotten too far. I don't have too many more pounds out, so uh, pounds left. So I'm hoping just to sell the rest of them for local and, and uh, get them away pretty cheap for uh, some local local cats around here, hopefully. Cool. And uh, you said in the future we're going to have the gummies going here. That's the plan. And uh, hopefully we can have you back on. I plan on being down here in Area 420 a couple more times within the next few months. Uh, and we can get back again on the mic and talk about that when it becomes reality and let people know where they can find some of your products and support their veterans out there who are working hard in this cannabis game to make it possible for other people to live a better life. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you very much, Chris, for coming on today. And we'll talk to you real soon. Awesome. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right, Chris. I was wondering, where can uh, the public find more information about Warrior Farms, and where can they find you on social media to follow you? Uh, well, if you go on Facebook, uh, it's Warrior Farms on Facebook, and on Instagram, it's Real Chris Bratton. And uh, if you want to uh, get a hold of me, you can do uh, Warrior Farms LLC at Gmail dot com. All right, thank you, Chris, and good luck in the future with those gummies, man. I can't wait to try some out. Awesome. I appreciate it, sir. I can't wait to get them going. Well, thank you, man. Sadly the point, but I want